0: Alright everybody, we are doing this a little differently today. This is the Meat and Freedom Podcast. I am Scott, and I am not only doing this on, you know, we're not only recording the podcast today, but we're also live on Spaces on Twitter. So hopefully this is going well. I have no idea if it's going well over there or how that's going. I just sort of doing it on my phone, and I haven't sat down. I don't really know how to use Spaces yet, so this is sort of the trial run. But we are going to get into it. I hope you all had a fabulous weekend, first of all. I had a great weekend. Um, did a lot of work outside. And I think weekends are fantastic for that. To sort of disconnect from the news. Put yourself outside. Touch grass. Don't be like Bill Mitchell. Don't um, count heads at a Turning Point USA event. And then make a weird tweet where you've highlighted the heads to sort of discredit the amount of people that went to the event. That's embarrassing. That's a level of um, political grifting and just TDS that um, I, I just I, I can't understand how you get there. So I want to talk primarily today on the show about our boy Tucker Carlson because Tucker Carlson this weekend he uh, he he did a job, man. Tucker Unleashed, and it's really there, there's a lot to take away from both the Blaze's uh, presidential forum, I I can't remember the exact name of it, but the Blaze's presidential forum this weekend, and also the uh, Turning Point USA event, uh, particularly Donald Trump's speech. Um, Because, if you're like me, you have the benefit of being, um, at least on Twitter anyways, both in sort of the Desantis camp and the Trump camp, and you kind of get to watch how both sides react to each other, um, because Ron DeSantis was at the Blazes Forum, and Donald Trump was at TPUSA, and the the other party wasn't wasn't it either. So I I think like, like just laying the groundwork of like how we came into this event, this weekend, these two events this weekend, and then sort of how we are leaving. this this weekend, um, where everybody sort of stands. I think that's important. That's what I want to do on today's show. Um, If you like it, please like, share, subscribe. If you happen to be watching this on Twitter Spaces, and I I doubt anybody will. This is like my trial run on Spaces, so I doubt anybody is going to be watching this. But if you are watching or listening on Twitter Spaces, thank you. I appreciate it. If not, uh, you're probably listening via your favorite podcast app, and we appreciate you. So, this is just something new we're trying. Anyways, I, I think it's important. So, let, let's talk about first, and we're going to touch on RFK too, but let's talk about first how we went into this weekend. So, very obviously, Donald Trump is the head of the table when it comes to the Republican primary candidates. It's Donald Trump, and then it's everyone else. Which is exactly why Donald Trump decided to sit out of the presidential forum from the place, I think. Now, he claims that he had a commitment, a prior commitment. Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe he did. Because the man loves a stage that he can he can speak upon. So perhaps he did have a prior commitment. But, the, but what I think a lot of people speculate is just that Donald Trump is trying to separate himself from the rest of the pack... Because he has a commanding lead over the rest of the pack. So you have Donald Trump and then you have everyone else sort of vying for second place right now. That's that's just sort of how we came into this weekend, right? Ron DeSantis is the leader of the secondary pack, but he is trending down consistently in almost all of the polls. He is he is trending southward on Predict It. Every measure that you could sort of look at a, a candidate, minus maybe funding... in in campaign finance like minus that you look at the DeSantis campaign and it's just trending southward okay and then you have a glut of rhinos at the bottom just sort of wrestling for third fourth fifth sixth place okay and then Chris Christie who I don't know what he's doing probably at a golden corral somewhere uh eating a very large lunch that's that's what Chris Christie's doing but everybody else is sort of vying for third place and then Ron DeSantis is is sort of was going into this weekend sort of firmly in second than Donald Trump in first, okay? So that's the Republican layout, all right? Now we get to the Blaze TV's presidential forum hosted by Tucker Carlson, and there's several things that have changed because of this presidential forum and several things that I think we can take away from this, this presidential forum. The first being Tucker Carlson is far better off not being a part of Fox News. Now I think we knew that. We knew that Tucker was sort of muzzled at Fox obviously. I mean if you've heard the man speak recently, you know he was muzzled at Fox. But watching him in this environment, this sort of just uncensored, unsort of tamed Tucker was phenomenal. Phenomenal. The man is so good at his job that it's 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 like you have Tucker Carlson and then you have everybody else, right? Tucker is, and he obviously came into this event, I think, with an agenda, with a very clear agenda of thinning out the Republican field, okay? Exposing some of these politicians for who they really are, not who they try to tell us they are. And I think it's fabulous. I honest to God, first of all, congratulations to the Blaze. Shout out to the Blaze, because this event was fantastic. It was run sort of like the NFL draft, in a way, where you had these panels And the panels would sort of, like, give commentary after um, moments of the event. So, like, Tucker would sit down with Asa Hutchinson. Asa would make an absolute ass of himself. And then you would have two different panels speaking of sort of how the interview went. And I, I thought this was fantastic. Politics is sports in 2023, okay? Everybody has their teams. Everybody has the people that they're rooting for. It's just like sports. So, leaning into that and treating it like a sports broadcast, which is exactly what the Blaze did, phenomenal. The Blaze did an excellent job. Whoever's decision that was, or whatever group of people's decision that was, great decision. Um, I thought the event was very professional. It was very well produced. Everything was top-notch. Shout-out to the Blaze, seriously. And getting Tucker Carlson, by the way, was the absolute right move, as if anybody would have questioned that to begin with. Absolute right move. So, anyway, Tucker goes in, and, and his first sort of contestant was tim scott now we're gonna go person by person i'm making him out of order if i do i apologize whatever okay but tim scott you know is sort of the guy that everybody looks at and goes yeah tim scott's all right this is what i hear about tim scott all the time tim scott's okay um but i thought tim scott did terrible on the stage with tucker i, I didn't think he, he, he like most people are pretty fond of Tim Scott's like story and he didn't really get into that too much. Tucker did hit him, particularly on Ukraine where Tim Scott has been very sort of wishy-washy. We really didn't know too much, I don't think his position, or at least I didn't, on the Ukraine war and we sort of found out, that's for sure. We sort of found out um, his position on the Ukraine proxy war. And uh, it was just very, very unimpressive. Like, Tim Scott is very unimpressive to me. And there are people who are talking about how Tim Scott could be uh, vice presidential candidate. And I just, that would be such a bad decision by Donald Trump, in my opinion. I don't think Tim Scott excites anybody. Maybe the donor class is excited by Tim Scott. And if you look at his fundraising, that's, that's obviously true. The donor, the donor class loves them some Tim Scott but normie Republican voters, they're, they're not fond of... They can't be fond of him. He's just too boring. He doesn't have it. He's not, like, MAGA in any shape or form. He's not America first. He's obviously one of these, like, crony Republicans who... Like Lindsey Graham, who just wants to support the Ukraine war at all costs. And I was very unimpressed with Tim Scott. Anyways, so... You know, does, did Tim Scott ever have a chance? No. Let's just be honest. Like, these first candidates that Tucker really annihilated, they didn't have a chance to begin with anyways. So, I honestly, like, you know what I mean? Was I shocked? Like, all of a sudden, is anybody who was near Donald Trump or closer to Donald Trump, did they fall? Maybe. But only because of the rise of someone else. So, anyways, we're just going to blow through these first three. So, then you had Asa Hutchinson. Asa Hutchinson never had a chance. We knew he was going to make an ass of himself. He's, he's an absolute buffoon. Uh, traitor. He's uh, the type of uh, Republican who believes in trans rights and yada, yada, yada. Anyways, Asa gets up there and just just fumbles all over himself. Sounds like a a complete creep idiot. But, but, but what Asa Hutchinson did get, he did make some news in the sense that we found out Tucker was not vaccinated. Now, some people really care about that. Some people really wanted to know, did Tucker Carlson get the vaccine? Personally, I don't care if anybody has the vaccine. Because I think it's your choice, your personal medical choice. Whether or not you want to be vaccinated or not. Um, I, I understand why some people felt coerced into it. So I'm not going to judge anybody for getting vaccinated. Singing the praises of the vaccines and stuff like that. I'm going to judge a little bit about that. But um, if you got the original shot, there, there's a million reasons why you might have done it. So I'm not, I'm not going to criticize you for it. But anyways. Anyways. Um, I want to... So Asa Hutchinson, whatever. Tucker killed him, but we knew Tucker was going to kill him. We've seen Tucker kill Asa Hutchinson before on a show. Okay, not not anything really to, to write home about. But we then get to Mike Pence. And this is the moment that has gone by. Is Tucker's complete and utter annihilation of Mike Pence. Now, again, it's hard to look at the former vice president and say... M- not a serious candidate, but I think you can look at his polling and his popularity and, and know that he was really never a serious candidate. Okay, but he absolutely killed himself in this interview with Tucker Carlson. He 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 spoke very lovingly and fondly and almost, quite frankly, orgasmically about tanks in Ukraine. Javelin missiles, I mean, he, he just, he's completely out of touch with his voter base. And I think that's that's the story of Mike Pence. And he was really exposed for being just completely out of touch with his voter base. Very, very uninspiring. There was a moment where Tucker sort of pressed him on his support of Ukraine. Where Tucker sort of asked, like, dude, you've talked so much about ukraine but look at america which is falling apart where is your concern for america and and mike pence sort of you know pushed it away by saying i don't that's not my concern but i think what he was trying to say was like look what you're saying is a mischaracterization of what i was saying but it created this viral clip that's that's now being spread around where you have mike pence saying oh america's just on fire well that's not my concern sort of is your concern but you know to me like yeah this was a complete exposure of mike pence this was absolutely the death of any chance mike pence ever had at running a campaign but the truth is in all honesty like i'm not shocked by this this is exactly what i expected out of mike pence i've heard mike pence speak about ukraine before i knew he was one of these lindsey graham types that that wants to do everything they can to support ukraine even though there is no goal there is no objective there there is no like end in sight, um, but Mike Pence is certainly one of these people. That that's that's you know that's what he wants, right? Like that's 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 Mike Pence. So uh, you know Tucker killed him. Mike Pence really killed himself, honestly. But no 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 surprises. I don't think here. Uh, we then get into um, Nikki Haley, and I think Tucker went pretty soft on her. There was like one moment where. He asked about the Nord Stream pipeline and who blew it up, and she was kind of caught off guard by that question. Um, but Nikki Haley is a very, like, polished, practiced politician. Maybe the most um, on that stage, honestly, because Nikki Haley is just so polished that this interview kind of went pretty soft. It was the most boring of all of them, in my opinion, because it wasn't really, like,. Um, Nikki Haley is not, is also not a serious contender for this race, but she's definitely running for a cabinet position in my opinion, but she's certainly not like Tucker went pretty easy on her. So I'm just going to skip right over her and we're going to go to Vivek and uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. um, You go, look, here's, here's what I'm going to say about Vivek. Okay. There's a lot of questionable things about Vivek and I want to like Vivek. Because Vivek reminds me of Obama in a sense that he's like the he he speaks very eloquently, carries himself very well, knows how to rile up a crowd, is young enough to speak to that generation beneath him still. Um, I think Vivek is very dangerous in this race, and if I were Donald Trump and really Ron DeSantis, I would be taking Vivek far more seriously than I think his little influencer class of sycophants on Twitter are. Um, Vivek is a very serious contender for second place. He uh, he just he does like he doesn't have the policy that that Ron DeSantis has, but he can talk his way out of a paper bag, and he's a salesman. And if we learned anything about 2016, you don't need policy; you need to be able to sell yourself to a crowd. You need to be a good showman, and Vivek is a good showman. And he gave a great you know, his conversation with Tucker, in my opinion, went the best. I think he won the night. Um, honestly, I think any honest broker would tell you that. Some people are saying DeSantis one, but I thought DeSantis was sort of just boring. There were a couple things that came out of DeSantis' conversation that are stand out, that are, like, worthy of talking about. But to finish up on Vivek, Vivek has a lot of things to answer to. His support of the vaccines early on, he needs to answer those questions. His, like, criticism of January 6th, where now he, he speaks a different... Tune, he needs to sort of respond to some of his older points of view, and he needs to explain those, because there's a lot of people asking good questions about Vivek and where he stood in 2021-2020, slash um, versus where he stands now and how he sort of had that transformation. I think he needs to explain that. But if he can explain that away, and he can sort of provide that background information to voters, as well as continue... The grassroots that he's the grassroots campaign he's been running and speaking as eloquently as he has about the issues. I think Vivek is going to finish in second place in this race. Um, we get to I'll explain a little more after I touch on DeSantis. So Ron DeSantis is next. His is like pretty ho hum. He did mention central bank currency, which I do think is a very big issue, and I think him saying just outright never going to happen under my presidency. That certainly puts me more in favor of Ron DeSantis because I do understand how big of an issue that is. If we allow the government to to establish this sort of currency, they're going to be able to track everything you buy. They're going to be able to decline purchases, limit purchases on, on objects that they deem, um, uh, you know, maybe in a negative light. Uh, like ammunition, for instance, would be a good example of that. Uh, they might be able to put limits on... Um, the sort of ammunition that you can buy, how much of it, uh, how much fuel you can buy, yada, yada, yada. So, so that is a very serious issue that needs to be addressed. And Ron DeSantis is taking it head on. So kudos to Ron DeSantis for that. Um, again, though, Ron DeSantis is so... His strength is his, his legacy. His strength is sort of what he is leaving behind in Florida and how good of a job he did there. But... And when he speaks, he's fine. He's just not the orator that, like, Vivek or or Donald Trump even is. And so that's going to hurt him, particularly in a debate. There's a lot of people who are excited to see Ron DeSantis debate. But if I supported Ron DeSantis, I wouldn't be. Now, why does Ron DeSantis continue to drop in the polls? Well, first, he's not able to effectively communicate his message. He's not able to effectively communicate the job he's done in Florida. And his, like, influencer class of people are the most irritating on Twitter. They are the most irritating class of people on the internet. They do not... The the way they speak, it's like they do not live in reality. Now, they'll tell you the Donald Trump people are the same, and to some extent, yeah, the Trump sycophants are similar, but I just... I get... Look, look, I levy one criticism at Donald Trump, and a lot of his followers sort of are like, yeah, that's, that's true, but I still like him. I levy one criticism towards Ron DeSantis, and I get an army of bots attacking me on Twitter. And I find that very strange. It's like, they, they can't... And, and I continue to ask these people, and I mentioned this in the last episode of the podcast, I continue to ask these people, please lay out to me the path that Ron DeSantis wins this primary, and they can't do it because right now there is none. And, and after this forum, you've sort of seen this like slide by DeSantis even further south, and this rise of Vivek. So if Vivek is able to, is, is able to continue to push his message, and Ron DeSantis is not... Um, you're going to see the two of them trade places very quickly. I know Ron DeSantis has done a great job as governor. I'm concerned about his foreign policy stances. You know, he's very wishy-washy on Ukraine. Even at this forum, when he mentioned, like, we need to be there for a reason, he doesn't say outright, like, I'm getting us out of this, which is what you need to say um, in 2023. There needs to be no wishy-washiness about your position on this Ukrainian bullcrap, Okay. We need out of there, period. So that's, that's, you know, that's the position. And if he doesn't hold that position while others do, he's going to suffer because of it. He's going to suffer. So, and I like Ron DeSantis. I should, I should also say that. Um, so that was the presidential forum. In my opinion, Vivek wins very clearly. Um, I also think that Ron DeSantis stayed about the same. I don't think that he dropped. I don't think he rose. I think he's just right where he was, right? I think that's just where DeSantis is. Um, I think that you... I I think you can leave that forum sort of thinking what you want, but that's how I see it. Now, you get to the Turning Point USA event. I don't, there's really not much to say here. Very Trump-centric event, but I love Turning Point USA. Trump spoke, but he spoke for too long, in my opinion. Um, there was an interview on Fox News this weekend, too, where Trump sort of uh, went on and on about Ukraine and about how he wants to use force to push... I don't know. It was like it was very nonsensical. This is the type of stuff where age certainly hurts Trump, in my opinion. Um, Trump is... Hold on. i got to search something real quick. Um, sorry about that. Anyways, so I, the, you know, Trump just, like, Trump is very much in the lead. And he's definitely said, like, I'm going to take, I'm going to take, you know, we're getting out of Ukraine, we're getting out of Ukraine. So he says all the right things, but then, like, he provides his opponents with these clips of him saying other things that they can then use against him. And I don't quite under, I, I know that's just how he speaks. Um,. I know that's how he speaks, but I I just don't, I just don't really think he's doing himself any favors there, but whatever. He's so far ahead. Um, He's so far, far ahead that whatever, right? Like he, he, it's hard for him to hurt himself right now. Want to touch on this before I go. Uh, And I'm going to do it very quickly because we got to get out of here. But the, the RFK situation. So there was a hit piece this weekend. RFK made a statement. Based off of a study that he read that said, look, you know, the the COVID-19, this certainly seems to be a virus that was modified genetically, you know, to, to affect different people based on their genetics. And he specifically called out Jewish people. And of course, these freaking people on the internet go nuts with it. All of the media goes nuts with it. The, um... You know, everybody's just going nuts saying, oh, uh, RFK is an anti-Semite. Now, these are the same people who told you that he's, he's too in bed with Israel. Oh, RFK is an anti-Semite. And I just think it's pretty fascinating. By the way, complete BS. Read the study yourself. He's just citing what, what sort of is in this study, okay? Complete BS. But what I think is interesting is that, like, if you, you know, if you're... Okay, I sort of base some of my opinions off of who they are going after. Because that's who I think I need to take a second look at. Like, like obviously, whoever the media has been lying to you for your entire life tells you that you should hate, that's perhaps, they're perhaps over the nose, right? Like, that's because they're attacking them for a reason. That's my opinion of RFK. Is that they don't want him. They don't want him anywhere near the presidency. They don't want him anywhere near the conversation. And it's pretty obvious when they all come out with the same talking points, the same criticisms. It's pretty obvious that, that he is hovering somewhere over a place they don't want him to be. And that makes me take him more seriously. Um, so that's, you know, that's a situation where I would just say, don't buy into this. Take a second look at RFK, though, because I think, you know, obviously I support him, but I just, why are they? This is the question you should be asking yourself. Why the hit pieces? Why now? That's all I have to say. Um, thank you for listening, folks. We're going to go ahead and call it here. Really do appreciate it. We'll be back, uh, I don't know, tomorrow, maybe tomorrow, either tomorrow or Wednesday with another episode. Really appreciate it. Twitter Spaces, thank you for listening if you did. Also really appreciate it. Um, We'll continue doing this going forward where we do both the podcast and spaces at the same time. Anyways, thank you very much. Please like, share, subscribe. I'll see you all next time.